As you know, it's important to me that the supplements I recommend and use are of the highest quality. That's why I stock the Protocol for Life Balance product line at my online dispensary, drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. Protocol for Life Balance offers a wide range of professional grade products using ingredients backed by strong scientific research, including a new extra strength version of astaxanthin for immune, brain, and vision health. Astaxanthin 12 milligram extra strength. It's a naturally occurring carotenoid that plays an important role in cellular protection and healthy immune system responses. Astaxanthin has also been shown in clinical studies to promote normal cognitive function and may help to maintain a positive mood. In the eye, it helps to neutralize free radicals and manage eye strain due to computer usage. Astaxanthin 12 milligram extra strength is available at drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance for more information and to order. Welcome to Intelligent Medicine, America's foremost program on health, medicine, and nutrition, featuring the latest on both conventional and alternative therapies. Now, here's Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Welcome to Intelligent Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's a weekend. That means you can listen, you can tune in, you can also participate by calling 877-726-8255. Thanks for allowing me a little bit of a summer hiatus. Uh, I've been off for a couple of weeks while I was visiting Canada. The folks in Canada are ultra nice, very polite. Uh, in fact, uh, one of our drivers, uh, Simon, I pointed out how polite the Canadians were, and he goes, yeah, sorry. <laughs> and I had a great time uh, visiting uh, Alberta and the Canadian Rockies, beautiful scenery, wonderful hikes, uh, multi-colored glacial waters. Uh, it's a really amazing place to visit, glaciers and so on. And uh, I also wanted to uh, commemorate today because uh, this summer we mark the 35th year that I've been broadcasting Intelligent Medicine. Its previous guise, it was called Health Talk, started in 1988. It was a radio program, first only on weekends and then weekdays and weekends, six days a week. And then 10 years ago, it became a hybrid uh, radio program like this, uh, as well as daily podcasts. So uh, 10 year anniversary of our podcast, 35th anniversary of our program. Uh, we are the longest running continuous physician hosted radio program on the air. And we hope to keep on churning for many more years. 877-726-8255. And speaking of history, uh, during the summer, it's a time for uh, lots of leisure, relaxation. And for me, reading is a favorite pastime. And so uh, I brought along for my trip, and I'm currently wading through a very ambitious book. It's entitled The World, A Family History of Humanity by a historian named Simon Seabag Montefiore. That's a celebrated name. I wonder if he's a part of that uh, Montefiore family. Uh, he's a popular historian in the UK. He's written a lot of great books. And his latest undertaking is to write a history of the world starting from Paleolithic times, 
man's origins in Africa, uh, leading up to present times. And to give you an idea of the scale, it's about 1,700 pages uh, full of footnotes. And I'm one-third through the book, and I've only gotten up to the time of the Renaissance. Uh, a new character named Michelangelo has recently uh, been introduced in that book. And uh, so there's actually, in the book, there's uh, some interesting discussion of the history of sugar which has changed the world historically. Uh, now we have uh, the advent of weight loss drugs. We're going to be talking about them largely in part to our infusion of sugar into the human diet, which previously was uh, a rarity. Yeah, you know, Paleolithic hunters would find some fruit. It was more bitter, smaller, harder to acquire in the old days. You couldn't go to the supermarket and load your your basket with watermelon and grapes uh, imported from long distances. And uh, maybe you could raid a beehive and get some honey, but it would cost you a lot of stings and it might require a trek of many miles. Uh, but uh, sugar was introduced to the West in the 15th century. So here's the background. In 1425, Henry, or Enrique, a Portuguese duke, ordered the planting of a new crop on one of his new territories. It was a crop that would change the world, sugar cane. And the location was the formerly uninhabited uh, Atlantic island of Madeira. Now, Madeira is uh, off the coast of Africa, and it's a place where the climate is just right for growing sugar cane. Uh, but it didn't originate there. Sugar originated actually in the South Seas, probably Papua New Guinea uh, in possibly prehistoric times. And it reached India around AD 350. And then under the Arab Caliphate that dominated parts of India and the Middle East, after Muhammad, Muhammad was what, you know, 700, 800, uh, sugar was dubbed al-Sukar. That's how it got its name. It was originally worked by slaves in Iraq under the caliphate. And it was later transplanted by Arabs to Sicily. Sicily has a kind of an interesting background because it was under Muslim domination for much of its uh medieval history. Uh, and then it was taken to Andalusia, Spain, under the Muslims. When the Ottomans took Constantinople in the 1400s, its importation from the East was blocked. So there was a big demand for sugar, but they couldn't get it from the Muslim-dominated East. So the Christian Henry brought sugar saplings from Sicily and planted them on Madeira as kind of a, an experiment, see if they would work. Well, they did. Originally, they used Italian and Portuguese workers, indentured workers, but they were soon joined by slaves, probably Berbers from Morocco. This is before uh, black slaves were used in the Caribbean. They were well suited to the 
climate after Columbus discovered the New World because they came from tropical Africa and they could withstand the rigors of working in the sugarcane fields. So they were ideal workers. So they were abducted by the Spaniards and the Portuguese and the French and the English. And uh, they also, uh, the Arabs and Muslims participated in the slave trade. Later, uh, this guy Henry's daughter married a young Genoese sailor known to us as Columbus. And in terms of the history of medicine, uh, we practically eradicated the original inhabitants of Hispaniola, which is now Dominican Republic and Haiti and other Caribbean islands, Cuba and so on, with the smallpox that the Europeans introduced. But there was a trade-off because the Native Americans gave the Europeans back a disease called syphilis, which took off like a firestorm in Europe. And slaving actually uh, persisted in Madeira until it was abolished in 1775. It wasn't abolished in many of the Caribbean areas and in the United States until much later. Uh, so... It was also discovered that a new commodity could be made from sugar, which was rum. And that was the basis of a major economic revolution because you could import sugar or you could import rum and the ships would bring the rum back to Europe. And then the slave ships would come from Africa to bring more workers and on and on it went. But it was later in 1747 that a German chemist, whose name is Andres Magroff, discovered that beetroots contained sugar, sucrose, the very selfsame sugar that comes from sugarcane. It was not until later that his apprentice, Franz Karl Achard, around 1784, began selectively breeding sugar beets. But most of the sugar came from sugarcane in the Caribbean, but when the English blockade cut off Caribbean sugar to Napoleon and his allies, that was in the early 1800s, uh, this prompted cultivation of sugar beets in Europe. And in places like Ukraine and Russia, sugar beets are a major crop in Germany. And now sugar beets are the major source of sugar for the U.S. and many parts of the world because, well, since Cuba kind of flaked off in terms of its relationships with the U.S., we had to rely on sugar beets as a major source of sugar. And so now 4.0 million tons of sugar are produced annually in the U.S. from sugar beets going into Americans' waistlines. There's a little bit of history for you. 877-726-8255. We invite your phone calls. Your participation is welcome here on Intelligent Medicine. We wouldn't go a day without washing our hands, brushing our teeth, and washing our nose. Whoa, wait, we wash our nose? Yes, the number one place where bacteria, viruses, and pollen enter your body is through the nose. So the average person breathes over 23,000 times a day. That's 23,000 opportunities for bacteria, viruses, and irritants to get into your nose and make you sick. 
For an extra layer of protection, wash your nose with Clear. That is Clear, X-L-E-A-R. Clear's drug-free nasal spray features xylitol, an ingredient proven to block adhesion of many nasty bacteria and viruses, and effectively clean, not just rinse like a saline, but wash your nose. Clear nasal spray quickly alleviates congestion, opens your airway, and ensures your body's natural defenses are strong. Read the research studies for yourself at clear.com. That's X-L-E-A-R dot com. Protect yourself from the pathogens and junk you breathe. Pick up a bottle for you and your family today. You know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. That's why I partnered with Fullscript, an online dispensing platform that only offers curated professional-grade brands that I know and trust. The very same supplements that I prescribe to my patients and take myself. Never counterfeit or expired, always stored and shipped correctly. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to start your free Fullscript account. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA compliant and offers world-class support. Fullscript also gives you access to my custom targeted supplement protocols that combine the products that I recommend to address specific needs, heart health, immune support, and much more. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll get access to the supplements and features you need to help you achieve your wellness goals. That's DearHoffmanStore.com. DearHoffmanStore.com. A regular dose of intelligent medicine injected directly into your inbox. Subscribe to Dr. Hoffman's free newsletter. Just go to drhoffman.com. Welcome back to Intelligent Medicine. Uh, that newsletter comes into your inbox on a weekly basis if you sign up for it at drhoffman.com. And this uh, next week, coming up, uh, an article on how to predict your lifespan. How long will you live? 877-726-8255, R number. That number available to you 24-7, 365. But we've got a live caller, Steve from Ohio. How are you doing, Steve? Yeah, hello, doctor. I found the podcast that where you were interviewed recently to be enlightening, informative. Unfortunately, the audio quality on your end was poor compared to the excellent sound of your podcast. Both you and Layla you speak slowly, clearly. And I listen to other medical podcasts, and when anyone talks fast or maybe has a foreign accent or a high-pitch, irritating voice, I, I turn them off because I have difficulty focusing on the content. And Ho- hopefully question, that doesn't apply to me because uh, I speak the king's English, I think. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You have a question? Yeah, my question. When you interview guests beforehand, do you tell them not to talk fast or make sure that telephone quality is good or remind them the audience may not have a medical background? Yeah, I try to keep it uh, on a level where, you know, I tell them that uh, it's geared towards uh, a lay audience. We don't want to be too technical. And I try to rein it in. You know, so as an interviewer, I mean, sometimes you don't even know necessarily who you're going to get. You know, I don't have like a, a large staff who can pre-interview people uh, beforehand. But, you know, occasionally we'll get someone who uh, doesn't sound uh, that audible. But you had a question. And uh, our producer, uh, Phil, tells us that 
you wanted to hear my outlook on the U.S. medical system. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, you, okay. You did yeah. talk about that on that. Okay. So let's let's tackle you. that. That's thanks for teeing me off on that subject, because uh, uh, Winston Churchill once said, "This is after the war." Uh, he told the uh, UK's House of Commons that democracy is the worst form of government, except for all those others that have been tried. And so I'll say when it applies to the U.S. medical system, that capitalism is the worst economic system, except for all the others. <laughs> because in uh, other countries, look, the, there's no question the U.S. leads the world in terms of medical innovation. And a lot of that is driven by uh, economic motives, right? You know, new breakthrough therapies that can uh, change people's lives, but also can enrich uh, individuals and companies that come up with them. Uh, the problem is that our medical system is geared too much towards very, very sophisticated uh, quick fixes, uh, that don't so much look at root causes. And we're, you know, there's, there's so little that is oriented towards prevention. Yeah, we pay lip service to prevention. Uh, but then when it comes to issues like obesity, the big emphasis, and I'll be talking about this later, is on drugs that fix the problem of obesity, a problem that, uh, to uh, a large extent, you know, not in every single case, because obesity, uh, existed prior to the advent of, Western diet, but to a large extent is about lifestyle. It's about diet, exercise, and so on. So, uh, the, the, the other problem in the United States is we have a system that incentivizes lots of testing and over treatment, uh, because it's kind of a CYH, uh, system. And it's less so in other countries. The, uh, medical negligence laws, malpractice laws, are less stringent than many other parts of the world. You know, maybe there's less safety in those countries, possibly. But from what I've heard, uh, other countries have a better way of uh, resolving mistakes. Instead of going to court and having a long, drawn-out ordeal where people are awarded millions of dollars, uh, where in many cases uh, the vast majority of that goes to the lawyers, uh, they have medical councils uh, with experts that review the erstwhile mistakes and then come out with appropriate settlements and awards for the people who've been harmed and potentially penalties for uh, doctors or health practitioners who've made mistakes. But it's, it's not, it's, you know, there's some real structural problems with the system in the United States. And that's a theme that you're going to be hearing about on uh, intelligent medicine. I keep hitting upon that. 877-726-8255, our number. We thank you for calls. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Coming up more intelligent medicine. Our bodies depend on a potent powerhouse of beneficial bacteria that support and improve every aspect of our health. Dr. O'Hara's formula encourages probiotics to function at their peak performance. Encapsulated in a vegetarian soft gel, Dr. O'Hara's Probiotics is a live paste of 12 strains of probiotic bacteria and nourishing prebiotics from whole fruits and vegetables. Transformative postbiotic compounds created during Dr. O'Hara's Probiotics' exclusive three-year fermentation process are present in every capsule. These restorative postbiotics nurture diverse gut bacteria, leading to better digestion, improved immunity, and exceptional health. 
Join the millions of people worldwide who know the power of Dr. O'Hara's probiotics. Discover the Dr. O'Hara difference for yourself. Dr. O'Hara's probiotics are available at natural health retailers nationwide and online. Go to www.essentialformulas.com for a retailer near you. That's essentialformulas.com. Back to Intelligent Medicine, Dr. Ronald Hoffman with you. 877-726-8255 gets you on the program while we're broadcasting, but also gets you to record a question. So let's hear one of those recorded questions. What are PFAs? All right. Well, you know, as Shakespeare said, brevity is the soul of wit. So uh, <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, PFAs, uh, sometimes referred to as PFAS compounds, are a category of over 12,000 compounds that have stick, stain, and water-resistant properties. So they're highly valuable as ingredients in some products. Uh, so like nonstick cookware, uh, even, you know, coating of pizza boxes. So, that you know, I hate when the pizza sticks to the pizza box. So you put some PFAS there and it just peels off nicely. Uh, and they're ubiquitous compounds used in industry. But because these compounds don't break down easily in the environment or our bodies, they're persistent and bioaccumulative, hence they have received the moniker forever chemicals. And researchers have linked exposure to PFAS with an increased risk of all kinds of negative health outcomes, including some cancers, immune suppression. They have gender bending characteristics. Uh, they may cause hormonal problems, problems with thyroid, with uh, uh, estrogen levels contributing to reproductive cancers and so on. So there's some real concerns about uh, PFAS compounds. And uh, most recently, this is scary, headline, Study Links Forever Chemicals to Testicular Cancer in Military Personnel. Whoa. Why is it that um, young folks, uh, guys in their 20s, 30s, early 40s, uh, develop testicular cancer? Uh and that may result in loss of a testicle, uh, followed by chemotherapy. Lance Armstrong underwent that, by the way, the uh, famous Tour de France bicycle rider. Uh, so studies have also shown that firefighters uh, who've been diagnosed with testicular cancer at higher rates than people in most other off, uh, occupations uh, may that may be the result of the presence of perfluoroalkyl substances or PFAS compounds in the foam they use to fight fires. So here's another concerning fact. Indicator of PFAS found in some period products. You're going to use uh, a tampon or a sanitary napkin. Uh, that's going to go in a part of the body which has a lot of absorptive surface which is directly in contact with your reproductive organs. Well, uh, a recent survey suggests that uh, there was a significant amount of PFAS in tampons and pads. So uh, not all of them contain it, but a significant amount of it. 
and that's concerning. Big article in the New York Times this last week on the subject of PFAS compounds. They're finally coming around to recognizing that's a concern. Uh, we were ahead of the curve in my professional organization, the Alliance for Natural Health. I'm president of that organization. We have a campaign that is at banpfas.org. We want the public to send messages to Congress, the EPA, and the FDA urging them to protect the public and ban PFAS for good. Europe is ahead of the curve in proposing that kind of legislation. They deem the safety of European inhabitants to a greater extent than American authorities, health authorities, and we're lagging behind the rest of the world in recognizing that PFAS compounds are problematic. So join me in urging action. The FDA tells us that from the testing it's done that the vast majority of food is safe from PFAS, but we at the Alliance for Natural Health, our independent testing directly contradicts the FDA's findings because we as a citizen organization sent some samples of kale to the lab to find out if they contained PFAS, and all of the samples did. Even the organic kale contained PFAS. It's in the environment. It breaks down very, very slowly. That's why they call it a forever chemical. And we need to do something about it. So go to banpfas.org to register your concern, and I thank you for that question. Folks, as you know, I'm a big proponent of CBD to tonify the endocannabinoid system. That's a system that regulates mood and sleep and our response to pain. I found that CBD helps people relax and can support restful sleep. It's, in my opinion, one of the most significant breakthroughs in the natural products marketplace of the century. The CBD brand that I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences, which is now proud to introduce a new innovation to their Reserve Collection. It's a gummy. The Reserve Collection is a specially curated blend of full-spectrum cannabinoids, rich and bold. The Reserve Collection products elicit strong feelings of calm, comfort, and relief when intense support is needed. Enjoy a deeper CBD experience with Plus CBD's reserve collection of oils, soft gels, and now gummies. Their potency is guaranteed, and it's the highest level of CBD that you can obtain over the counter with the reserve collection. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman30 for 30% off. That's pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman for our intelligent medicine listeners for Plus CBD's new Reserve Collection gummies. Don't forget to use coupon code HOFFMAN30 for 30% off. Uh, this item, hey, we're talking about, here we're talking about uh, CBD, which is a component of marijuana, but it's a component that has a different effect than THC. More and more Americans are smoking pot these days because of the legalization of pot. And the American Lung Association has issued a warning about the health impacts of marijuana use. Now, I find it kind of paradoxical that a lot of people are down on cigarettes and they're worried about the smoke in the air from Canadian fires. But at the same time, 
they do a deep toke on marijuana cigarettes. And they don't feel that that could have a potential harmful effect on their lungs. It's kind of using blinders when it comes to deleterious effects because smoke in whatever form is harmful to lung health, whether from burning wood, tobacco, or marijuana, toxins and carcinogens are released from the combustion of materials, right? It's burning plant material. And so uh, they've done some studies. First of all, marijuana smokers tend to inhale more deeply and hold their breath longer than cigarette smokers, which leads to a greater exposure per breath to tar, which is, you know, you're going to get the THC and the CBD, the active ingredients, but you're also going to get a lot of other stuff. And so what they found is that smoking marijuana clearly damages the human lung. Smoking marijuana causes chronic bronchitis. And marijuana smoke has been shown to injure the cell linings of the large airways. And that could explain why marijuana use, if chronic, leads to symptoms such as wheeze and acute bronchitis. And so studies have shown that air bubbles may develop in the lungs of young to middle-aged adults who are heavy smokers of marijuana. And smoking marijuana can also affect the immune system and the body's ability to fight disease because the lungs are kind of a portal of entry of many pathogens. Smoking marijuana may increase the risk of opportunistic infections. So another potential threat to those with weakened immune systems is aspergillus. It can grow on marijuana, which if then smoked, exposes the lungs to this fungus. So then there's vaping, but there's a lot of hot in inhaled gaseous material. Vape pens are used to inhale cannabis concentrates or liquids, but they often contain vehicles whose chemicals are injurious to the lungs. So uh, concern is about inhaling these products. There are also edibles. That's a different story. There's concerns about the effects on brain development, especially of younger people who consume a lot of edibles or inhale a lot of pot, uh, or its potential to increase the risk of schizophrenia. That's been demonstrated, though by no means does everyone who smokes pot go off the deep end. In terms of productivity, pot is not associated with high degrees of productivity, accuracy, memory, response. And so um, it's kind of a strange paradox that we have campaigns to reduce dependency on alcohol, to get people off cigarettes, but at the very self same time, uh, we're encouraging marijuana use by opening up marijuana dispensaries and reducing penalties for marijuana use, essentially legalizing it so that the government can tax it. 877-726-8255, our number. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is Intelligent Medicine. What's your age? That's A-G-E. 
Aged garlic extract, that is. For over 50 years, Kyolic Aged Garlic Extract has been offering men and women of all ages and with different health concerns an odorless, organically grown, clinically researched garlic extract supplement tailored to their individual needs. Aged garlic extract formulas support optimal cardiovascular health, immune function, and many more specific health concerns like stress, blood sugar balance, high blood pressure, detox, anti-aging, inflammation, and brain health. Kyolic AGE's condition-specific products contain Kyolic's exclusive GMO-free garlic extract, which is aged up to 20 months, converting garlic's harsh properties into beneficial compounds. So what's your AGE? Visit your local natural health and wellness retailer and discuss which Kyolic AGE formula is best for you and your lifestyle. Kyolic aged garlic extract formulas are available at fine natural health retailers nationwide, also online. As you know, it's important to me that the supplements I recommend and use are of the highest quality. That's why I stock the Protocol for Life Balance product line at my online dispensary, drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. Protocol for Life Balance offers a wide range of professional grade products using ingredients backed by strong scientific research, including a new extra strength version of astaxanthin for immune, brain, and vision health. Astaxanthin 12 milligram extra strength. It's a naturally occurring carotenoid that plays an important role in cellular protection and healthy immune system responses. Astaxanthin has also been shown in clinical studies to promote normal cognitive function and may help to maintain a positive mood. In the eye, it helps to neutralize free radicals and manage eye strain due to computer usage. Astaxanthin 12 milligram extra strength is available at drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance for more information and to order. Welcome back from Tilders of Medicine. Dr. Ronald Hoffman with you this weekend. Our number 877-726-8255. You can call that number anytime you like during the week and record a question as did this individual. Let's hear it. I have fructose intolerance. What food should I eat or not eat? Okay, so let's talk about uh, fructose intolerance. Uh, fructose is a type of sugar that is predominantly found in fruit, uh, but you can also find it in something called high fructose corn syrup, which is now used as a cheap sweetener. You know, I mentioned earlier that uh, initially we had uh, sugar cane, uh, and then sugar cane got supplanted by uh, beet sugar, uh, and then he found an even cheaper way to make tons and tons and tons of sugar, and that's from corn. Uh, so corn yields something called high fructose corn syrup, which has a high content of fructose. And fructose also comes in a natural form in fruit and certain vegetables. And many people have an intolerance to this. I, this is, I think, really underestimated because uh, it has been suggested that as much as 40 percent of the U.S. population has an intolerance to fructose. Now, there are two forms of fructose, actually three forms of fructose intolerance. There are two forms that are hereditary. One's not so bad, and one is very devastating because if you have any fructose, it goes to your liver and kidneys, and it can kill you, so you have to be on a very, very strict fructose avoidance program because your body simply doesn't metabolize it, and it gunks up the works. Fortunately, that's very rare, and through genetic testing, we can determine if it afflicts uh, a child, because you have to really catch it early in childhood to avert 
disaster. But the more common form is a form of malabsorption of fructose, which causes gas, diarrhea, bloating. And many people find that avoidance of fructose is helpful. It's actually part of what's called the low FODMAP diet because F-O-D-M-A-P, well, uh, the F doesn't stand for fructose. The M stands for monosaccharides and uh, fructose is a monosaccharide that some people can avoid and obtain relief from gas, bloating, IBS symptoms. So you can also do testing. Uh, I used to do what's called a fructose tolerance test. I used to give people fructose, and then we would check their blood sugar. And if their blood sugar didn't rise, it, it meant that the fructose wasn't being absorbed at all. And that means that they had fructose malabsorption. You can also do uh, a test where you give people a fructose challenge and you measure hydrogen in their breath. But people can simply avoid fructose and see if their symptoms get better. So this person's been told they have a fructose intolerance. So what should they be avoiding? Well, first of all, uh, certain fruits are high in fructose, as the name suggests. Fructose, fruit, sounds similar, right? The fruits that are highest in fructose are dried fruits, dates, raisins, figs, um, apricots, dried apricots. Uh, but also certain non-dried fruits are high in fructose. Grapes, um, uh, apples have a moderate amount, enough maybe to trigger symptoms in some people. Other fruits have less. Uh, strawberries, for example, have relatively little. Grapefruit has relatively little. Uh, apricots, uh, as long as they're not dried, relatively little. Cranberries, uh, you can find lists of high fructose fruits online. In terms of vegetables, vegetables much less in the way of fructose. Some vegetables that contain a moderate amount, uh, onions, peppers, uh, corn, right? That's where you get high fructose corn syrup, so corn has some fructose. Uh, but by and large, uh, vegetables have minimal amounts of fructose. In fact, spinach just as a trace, potatoes very little, uh, Carrots, very little, uh, generally well tolerated by people with fructose intolerance. Now, it's possible that a food could have low fructose, but it could have other things that bother you. For example, Brussels sprouts, low in fructose, but high in uh, undigestible oligosaccharides. Many cruciferous fruits, uh, vegetables have a lot of oligosaccharides. That's the O in FODMAPs. And that could be problematic. You can find lists of uh, foods that contain fructose um, online. And people with the malabsorption, they don't have to so strictly, stringently avoid the fructose. They, it's not like a fructose prohibition. It's just lower levels of fructose. It's kind of like lactose intolerance. People have lactose intolerance. They can consume a little bit of lactose. Uh, maybe, you know, they can have uh, an ice cream. But if they have lots and lots of milk, uh, they're going to get in trouble. So it's, it's, it's not a, it's not a hundred percent thing. This item, uh, is of interest because I would dub this the duh story of the week. They did a study on this. They had to do a study. Texting while walking makes college students more likely to fall. <laughs> uh, 
Senior author Matthew Brody, a neuroscientist and engineer at the University of New South Wales, I guess that's in Australia, uh, wanted to investigate the dangers of texting while walking. He wanted to know if those dangers were real or imagined and to measure the risk in a repeatable way. Well, he did. Uh, he recruited 50 undergraduate students and uh, the students wore a safety harness preventing any slip from becoming a fall and sensors that collected their motion data. Uh, they then uh, were encouraged to text while walking. And what they found is that um, while texting participants tried to be more cautious in response to a threat, this did not counteract their risk of falling. So indeed, uh, walking uh, while texting increases one's risk for falling. It also decreases your accuracy of texting. It's hard to multitask. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is Intelligent Medicine.